This is Matthew West, and you're listening to the Radical Radiance Podcast. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode of the Radical Radiance Podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I'm so thrilled to be with you today as we get to sit down with Matthew West. Matthew West is a five-time Grammy nominee. He has received an American Music Award, a Billboard Music Award, and a Kayla Fan Award. He has co-hosted the Kayla Fan Awards numerous times and has more than 130 songwriting credits to his name, including cuts by Rascal Flatts, Scotty McCreary, Michael W. Smith, Amy Grant, Mandisa, Danny Gokey, and Casting Crowns. Matthew is the host of the popular weekly podcast, The Matthew West Podcast, with more than 1 million listeners so far. He has written six books to date, and today we get to talk all about his new book, The God Who Stays. I loved this conversation so much. It was such a treat to get to know him after listening to his music for so many years. So before we get to it, I want to share about one of our sponsors, The Shine Bright Journal. The Shine Bright Journal is a free 100-page resource that you can go grab today at RadicalRadiance.live that will walk you through a lot of what we talk about around here and what it looks like to radiate the heart of Christ in all that we do. So it's my gift to you. Go grab it today at RadicalRadiance.live and help me welcome our friend Matthew to the show. Matthew, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to get to spend time with you today and talk about your new book. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's great to meet you and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I am too. It's fun to get to talk to Tennessee people in Tennessee. This is, I think, right. the third recording I've done in our new house. And we were just talking about how beautiful it is this fall. And I'm just loving, uh, I'm looking at my window at the prime leaf season. And so we got to chat about that before we hit record, how much we're enjoying yeah. Tennessee in the fall. It's just been the best. So yeah, it is awesome. Like it, I think there's, it's a sweet relief from the Tennessee summer heat, you know? Yes. Um, but I, I am especially excited for today's episode because I've done some interviews prior to this one today. And, uh, the, the interviews before yours, um, had the the bad fate of a leaf blower oh no happening right outside my studio door um and then after that it was a weed whacker no actually so it would have been lawnmower followed by weed whacker followed by leaf blower and there was oh, no goodness. there was no relief from that so <laughs> so the quietness that we're going to enjoy on my end is uh is something that I'm really excited about and I even put my dogs away so we're I so love I think, that. I think we're good. Unless my wife, sometimes good. my wife lets the dogs out and doesn't know I'm doing a podcast interview. Then all of a sudden. Don't you love when it. that happens? Yeah. So we're, yes. we're a really professional operation over here. <laughs> we are too. I, my husband is home for the day. He's off work today and uh, he is responsible for keeping the dog at bay as well because typically I'm at home by myself and he's just roaming free and invariably that is when the male woman comes it's when ups drops off all the time so, yeah everything all the things yeah happen. all the things happen when you decide to record a podcast it's this the best. is true this is true. <laughs> well i i'm so excited to get to spend time with you today you have a new book coming out that we get to talk about there's so many things that i want to cover so we have a lot of ground to cover and i'm i'm just excited to get yeah. to have this conversation yeah. your new book is called the god who stays and it really encourages readers just around this idea that 
God is always with us, right? And I would love to just start by you encouraging listeners with that truth, right? How has that encouraged your heart? The fact that God stays, that he's always with us, how has that encouraged you in the last couple of years? Well, it's like the subtitle of the book says, Life Looks Different With Him By Your Side. And it's really Mm. that, like, uh, how how prone we are to forget the power that resides within that promise of God's presence. Mm. And, and, And also the reminder that, you know, when God makes a promise, unlike the promises of the world that can go unfulfilled, God delivers on his promises 100% of the time. And so um, the, the coolest thing about it is most people, if they know my name at all, they would think of me as a musician, a songwriter, a recording artist. That's kind of how I've spent the last several years as a storyteller, telling my story in the form of three-minute songs. And mm-hmm. every now and then I'll finish writing a song, but I'll feel like there's more to unpack there. And mm. and so over the last several years, it's been a process of me getting the chance to flex different creative muscles and extend my storytelling beyond that song. And uh, so the, the title of the book comes from a title of a song, The yeah. God Who Stays. And the lyrics say, you're the God who stays. You're the one who runs in my direction when the whole world walks away. The first verse talks about how if I were you, I would have given up on me by now. Mm-hmm. I would have turned around and walked away, but somehow you don't see me like I do. Somehow you're still here. And so the song's written from this place of amazement, like, God, how have you not, how have you not thrown yeah. up your hands and washed your hands of me and walked in the other direction? And uh, it's just, uh, that's to me is the wonder and the amazement um, that, that God has never given up on me. I wanted to draw from that and and really deepen the writing go beyond the three minute song and i wound Mm. up turns out my life in my life i needed that chapter by chapter reminder that god is with me always and so that's what this book became Mm. it's a chapter by chapter rediscovery for me and for a new christian it might be a discovery for the first time of all the different ways that god stays faithful patient kind and all the different phases of our lives and how it might change how we walk through the world if we truly mm. walk in that awareness that we are never without Emmanuel. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Do you want to know the thing about God, the thing about his character that has totally wrecked me over the last couple of years? What's that? Okay. I had never really thought about this as much as I have, I guess during the pandemic, probably because about a year before that I got married, I moved nine hours away from everything I had ever known, became a pastor's wife, walked straight into a global pandemic. <laughs> wow. And so everything about my life was marked by change. Everything about every one of our lives was marked by change, right? But even prior to March of 2020, that was the case. And I just kept going back to scripture and thinking about that quality, that characteristic of God, that he is immutable, that he doesn't change. And I think in the midst of a life that was shifting and changing so much, the fact that I could stand on the fact that he does not change in the midst of a life that does gave me so much encouragement and comfort. And then we take something else about him, right? Like his withness, his, his, the fact that he stays or his sovereignty or his power any of those things, and we lay that up against the fact that he doesn't change, that's why we can stand on that truth, right? Yeah. 
because yeah. he's immutable, because he doesn't change. And so when I think about his withness, the fact that he stays with us, and I also can confidently say, yes, he doesn't change. That's what gives me that assurance. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think the, um, you know, one of the things I found myself doing Again, I'm a music maker, and it was, yeah. I, I didn't realize it while we were doing it, but as I was writing the book, I wound up looking back and realizing that in every single chapter, I wound up referencing an old hymn from my oh, childhood growing up in yeah. my parents' church. And like, why, why have those hymns stuck with me all these years later? And, and I, I was revisiting just some of these powerful lyrics that remind us about the heart of God, the character mm -hmm. of God, and, and the, the faithfulness of God. And uh, mm -hmm. on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, mm -hmm. all other ground is sinking sand. And just, you know, so I really, to me, um, a preacher's kid who grew up in church, who learned how to look the part, who memorized all the right Bible verses, who has grown up mm -hmm. to become um, a professional Christian with a public platform. Um, there can become this um, this monotony, this uh, this almost like it's what you do, but is it still who you are yeah. type of burning question deep down. And And I think in the writing of this book, I had plenty of time during the pandemic to to take some inventory of what kind of Christ follower I've become and mm. and and maybe if I've settled for something less than uh you know the closeness that God desires to have with me have I have I settled for mm. um sort of a a socially distanced relationship with him have I gotten yeah. better at talking about Jesus than I have at talking with him and, oh uh, wow and so yeah. this this book was really a, a dive into that and and rediscovering the faithfulness of God and then the grace of God like when you have these moments where you don't like who you're becoming you can start to turn that into not liking you right yeah. and then discovering God's grace and his goodness and his gentleness to bring me back and yeah. in many ways this book wound up being um a book that brought me back chapter by chapter. Mm, I love that. Hey friends, quick break in this conversation to remind you of something. If you are loving the show, you're loving the conversations we're having, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would leave a rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts for Radical Radiance. When that happens, when more of those happen, the show gets put in front of more women and in turn, it allows them the opportunity to take part in conversations that will show them more about what it looks like to radiate the heart of Jesus. And I can't think of anything better than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would take just two minutes of your time and leave a rating and a written review. I'd love to hear what you think. Now, let's get back to the conversation. I'm picking up on something you're saying too that I think a lot of us experience if we write or we make music or we are a pastor's wife, pastor's kid, any any of those places where our faith is a big part of what we quote unquote do. And you, in those seasons for you where you've had to say, okay, God, I'm straying away from being in your presence. I'm getting really good at talking about you, but not being with you, like you said a minute ago. What do you do? <laughs> well, I, I try to make a change. Yeah. You, know, I, um, you, you have to, you have to 
you can't continue in the same direction and hope to arrive at a different destination. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, yet I do that quite often. Yeah, um, we all do. Yeah, so I, I think um, for me, there needs to be um, intentionality towards margin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I just think mm -hmm. a lot of times, like, I'm a slave to my schedule. Mm. And ironically, I'm the one who created the schedule <laughs> or I allowed it to get out of control. And uh, and so if I'm more focused or more intentional about scheduling time for me to do this, what I'm doing with you today, but I haven't been as intentional about um, doing this uh, on a one on one level with God, then I'm then I'm missing the mark. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, literally, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm preaching to myself in that like it's yeah i don't have that figured out you know what i mean and so but at the same time that's where the beautiful discovery of god's grace i mean i've had nights when i'm on stage and i'm i'm in the middle of a song and it'll just hit me like i didn't read my bible this morning and i feel like how did i get up on stage like mm. expecting to have a full tank to minister to people and right in the middle of singing this song with an audience in front of me I can be having this crumbling, humbling, like thought process on stage. And this is sure. all going on in with an audience having no idea and me singing at the top of my lungs about God's grace. But even in that moment, I'm witnessing the witness of God because yeah. I start, guess who I start looking to in that moment yeah. with total and complete dependency. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I got so busy this morning. And now here I am on stage telling people how wonderful it is to spend time with you. Lord, forgive me. I want to spend time with you, too. In the middle of this song, somehow, some yeah. way. And, and, and in that middle of that song about grace, I realized that song's for me, too. Just like this yes. book was for me. So, you yes. know, uh, those are just like little glimpses into the mental battle that you can have, the spiritual battle that you can have, and then the grace that you can discover when it just all of it should be pointing you to a place of dependence and go, ah, oh, man, I can't make it without you, Lord. Thank yes. you for reminding me of that. Yes, that's so good. I heard somebody talk about something, and I'm curious to see if you have experienced this or you think there's some validity to this. I saw somebody post the other day about traveling to go to speak somewhere, and she admitted, she said, you know, I have stepped up on stages where, you know, I've had a devastating you know, something happened in my family or my travel plans didn't go at all as planned and the day has just been nuts and somehow I've got to step up on stage and teach. And she said, she said, I can't help but think after so many years of doing this, that God's sovereignty is in the details of what happens leading up to me standing on stage and that somehow he uses the condition of my heart when I step up on stage in order to minister to who's there. And I, I don't know how that works out theologically, but I can't help but believe that somehow the sovereignty of God and what my week looks like leading up to an event or standing on stage somehow meshes together into what God intended for the audience. Have you seen that to be true? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think when you're up in front of an audience, you at best you might get a small glimpse of how God is working through yeah. you. Uh, you might hear a story afterwards or whatever, you know, we won't know until eternity how 
maybe somebody's listening to this podcast and somehow it impacted their relationship with the Lord. But, you know, I think the way that works out theologically, what you're saying is it's like, you know, when I open my Bible, I re I'm reminded of a God who works all things for good, who wastes nothing, who, yeah. um, who is involved in, in the most finite details of our lives and who is, um, working in all things to remind us that we can't make it through anything mm. without him. Right. So, it, you know, with God, all things are possible with man. This, this looks impossible. And so I, I, I mean, I do feel like it's, you know, God can use anything. He wastes nothing. So yeah. if you, if like for me talking about uh, getting on stage and feeling like I'm beating myself up because I didn't read my Bible, well, God can use that and Absolutely. speak through that and, and, and make, and then, uh, you know, I'm coming on stage in a posture of humility, not as somebody who's, you know, up there wanting to pontificate about how I've perfected the craft of Christianity. Instead, I'm, I'm coming from a posture of humility saying, God, you know, speak through me. I, I think the biggest thing that public speakers or like somebody with a microphone in front of them like this is like you can just get fooled into thinking that your performance is going to determine the level of impact that God's mm. going to have on any given night or any given interview. Like if I do a good enough job talking with you, Rebecca, then um, then God is then God's really going to be able to work in people's lives. And you know, I've just noticed over and over again this this awesome and beautiful lesson in humility. Sometimes the worst show I've done is the mm. one where somebody will come and tell me like, oh, man, like God moved in such a powerful way. And I'm like, I just kind of like smile to go. He does not need me. He chooses. Yeah. He chooses me to call me his child and then to, to tell me he has a plan and a purpose for me. And again, all of that points towards the God who stays, the God who stays faithful, the God who stays with us. One of the chapters in the book is called the God who stays with the plan. And too many times we think that we're the ones who are going to thwart God's plan for our lives. And uh, the, the, there's beauty in that reminder that like, hey, have you screwed up today? Well, guess what? God doesn't say his plan for you is null and void. He says, yeah. I know the plans I have for you. Not had, past tense, have, present tense. There's power in that present tense. And and yeah. I love that. I love that reminder. Like, God, thank you. That Like, there's a song I wrote for a group called Cain. I wrote it with them. And, and the bridge says, on my best day, I'm a child of God. And on my worst <gasps> you day, helped them I'm write that song? Yeah. Oh, and, that's and, awesome. I and, love and that one. It's a catchy little tune, but if you think about those lyrics, on my best day, that came from something I would say on stage. Like, hey, on, on, on my best day, I know that I'm a child of God. And on my worst day, guess who I am? I'm still a child of God. And and guess what? God still has a plan for me. So, um, yeah. the, you know, I want my songs and my books and anything that comes from the platform God's given me to, to, uh, be flooded with the message of God's grace and his patience with us because um, I wouldn't be here without it. Yeah. Amen. I would, I would wonder, you've written several books. <clears throat> As you walk into a book project and you're taking this idea that you've already written a song about and you are sort of extrapolating it into a whole message, what's that process like and how is it so altogether different than songwriting? Well, you know, I think the, the first thing is the chance to unpack the message of the song 
is is an exciting prospect. And yeah. then, you know, when you're writing a book, it, it can be extremely isolating. And um, songwriting can be very collaborative. Like even if I write a song by myself, when yeah. I'm in the studio, I'm bouncing ideas off of people. And so for my latest book, I, I, I had written my other books just all alone in a room and then sending it off to the editor. And I just was craving the same type of experience as my songwriting on this one. And so I called a friend of mine who's a, a gifted writer and I said, hey, I've got this concept. I want to explore how to write a book where we're we're like we're writing a song, you know, mm. and uh, and and we did that on Zoom throughout the pandemic, talking with each other. And it, and it was a really, really special experience, unlike any other book I've written. Um, but, you know, the biggest differences are just, you know, I, I'm a storyteller with or without mm. a guitar in my hands. And I've lived a lot of life and I've had so many different incredible experiences where God's gotten my attention. And, and so I've had this desire to to be able to share stories like, uh, you know, yeah. there's a story in the book about uh, me, me singing Jesus songs at a biker bar and uh, back in college and uh, just the insanity that ensued that day and how in the beginning mm -hmm. of your career as a musician, you accept any invitation to perform, even if it puts your life uh, in jeopardy. And, uh, <laughs> and so I love telling these stories that like, you know, yeah. I think laughter is important and there's a lot of funny stories in the book. Uh, I took my daughter uh, shark cage diving uh, for her 13th birthday, her idea, not mine. And, uh -huh. you know, I get to tell these stories of how God showed up and, uh, and how I've seen his presence in my life. So I, I get, I just get it. I'm so excited for people to, uh, to flip through these pages and oh, it's too. been fun hearing from people like how it's been speaking to them, you know, but, yeah. but yeah, there's, there's similarities and differences. Um, but you're drawing from different types of creativity when you're writing yeah. a song than when you're writing a book. I love that. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, speaking of songwriting, we recently had Ann Wilson on the show to talk about oh, My Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man, she is just such a doll. I adored her. She's the best. And we, we talked about that day when you guys wrote My Jesus. You were a part of that right where that song came out. I would love to hear what's it been like to walk alongside her as her career has grown so fast and mentor her. What's that been like for you? It's been incredible. Um, you know, I started my career behind the scenes as a songwriter for other artists. And um, for four years, I tried to get a record deal and uh, the record labels turned me down, but they told me I was a good songwriter. And so I started my career behind the scenes as a professional, you know, songwriter. And my yeah. songs were recorded by other artists. And then four years later, I got a record deal of my own and people said, well, now you can stop doing that because you're just going to make your own records. I said, no, 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 no. I love, I fell in love with the idea of being an everyday songwriter and being part of other artists' creative processes. And so I decided, who says I can't do both? And so I just kept doing both. And all these years later, I see why. And so like this week, uh, this is not, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying like as an example, yeah. uh, I have the number one song on the radio this week. Um, and wow. I'm not the singer. And you know what? I'm just as excited about it That's because I so love awesome. that song. Uh, Tasha Layton is her name. I'll give her a shout out. The song's called How Far. And it's number one this week. And it's like, that is awesome. That, like, That's it incredible. Just, to me, what it shows me is like, God, forgive me if I ever draw boundaries around how you plan to use me. You know, Ooh, so yeah, you know, so I think that's been a really cool story being able to kind of have these two different careers over the years. But Ann Wilson, I got a phone call uh, Sam, would you write with the 
I think she was 17 at the time. Wow. Um, she's a young artist. We think she's got something. We know you, you know, you're more established, but would you spend a few hours with her? And I'm like, sure, you know. And yeah. So I remember getting together with her and hearing her sing and hearing her story. And uh, we just struck up a friendship. And there's something that. about because I'm an artist myself, I just have a real heart for young artists. Yeah. And I'm really I really want to help mentor and speak into young artists who specifically want to tell the world about Jesus through their music, because I'm really proud of the genre of Christian music. And she's one of those artists who just yeah. like unapologetic. She's lived a lot of life. She's experienced some some deep tragedy and gr grief in her life. And she's come through it. And she yeah. knows she's on a mission. She never forgets. And so it's been really fun. You know, we sit down and we write that song, My Jesus. She goes on and has her first number one song as an artist. And uh, and now things are just taking off like a rocket ship. And the Lord's just using her in such a powerful way. So it's uh, fun, I man. Those it. are Those are neat stories where I'm like, all those years ago, if I would have listened to people who said, no, you can't do both, what I look what I would have missed out on, you yeah. know? And so, man, it's just, a, that's a great reminder of like, man, what voices are you letting yourself listen to? You know what that's I mean? So like, good. And, yeah. and in Nashville's, Nashville's filled with people that I call dream crushers. Dream I'm crushers. Sure. They, they, yeah. they feel like it's their responsibility to tell you what you can't do. And I'm like, man. I, there's that's why like when i'm writing songs like no dream crushers are allowed that's a sacred yes i know? love that and so i i encourage anybody who's listening to this like maybe you can think of some dream crushers in your life man don't give them a, a seat at the table that's uh, right in your mind and uh, that's you right. know uh, or if you do like i mean i'm wired in the way that like i like it when someone tells me what can't be done <laughs> I, was like, I tell them like go ahead and build a ceiling a ceiling over me because yeah I, you're just gonna give me something to break through yes i love that and i told ann i said you don't know how many conversations i have where <laughs> it's the opposite story of what happened to her right like somebody has dreamed of doing music professionally for 25 years or they've dreamed of becoming an author and you get to hear their story of, of working up to that or whatever. And with her, it's almost like God has wired her just with this sweet spirit and incredible character. And, and he just has his hand on her and it was his plan yeah, that yeah, that yeah, happened she, really fast for her, you yeah, know, and yeah. that's not normal. No, um, it's not. I mean, like, yeah, know, she hasn't, to your point, like her dream wasn't like she wanted to be an astronaut. Not, yes. Yes. You know, we talked about that. So it's yeah. almost like it's so funny, too, because like we're at these award shows and she's winning these big awards and she is like not, you know, <laughs> I'm going, are you are you soaking this up? And she's like, what time can I leave the after party? You know, yeah. it's like it's so sweet. Like, it's just Ugh. not she's not enamored by it and uh that's not why she's doing it so that's yeah. that's important and that's she's gonna be doing i mean she's got some really incredible things happening right now and it's just yeah. fun to fun to be friends and and to yeah. help you know be able to speak into somebody's life at the beginning of their career like yeah that. that's incredible i love it well another part of what you're doing these days is podcasting which is so awesome i love the matthew west podcast i Thank you. wonder what has it been like for you to step into that medium? And we've talked a lot about community in this episode and like just how much we both value that in our work. And you're a part of the That Sounds Fun network. And so all of all of that, how has that 
What's that experience been like? I guess is the best way to say it. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, you know, yeah. normally I'm on the, this side of the microphone. Yeah. As a guest, you know, and for years that's been like the case where, you know, people are asking me questions and what do you think about this? And tell us about your songs and this, that and the other. And I do love to tell those stories and I love times like this. But doing the podcast has has afforded me the chance to be on the other side of the microphone mm-hmm. and, and for me to you know get curious about other people and to to learn you know just from people who inspire me and uh, mm-hmm. i feel like uh, it's been an exciting thing and you know just to communicate with audiences i love the idea of you know us as believers and followers of christ of like you know occupying all different forms of entertainment and and yeah. and being there as a light where there's dark places and so I think it's been fun, you know, the thought that somebody finds the podcast or clicks on an interview and, and gets encouraged by it. And my dad has a segment on the show called Dad Vice, and he gives a little devotion. And so I, I use it to t- take people deeper into the music, too, which is a lot of fun. And um, But, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that part of the process. I think I've done like 130 episodes or something already. That's awesome. It's crazy. It's a lot of work, though. A lot it's of work. a lot of work. It's yeah. a whole lot of work. Yeah. That's fun. I love that. Well, I am so excited about The God Who Stays. Right before we go, we'll talk about where listeners can grab it, where they can connect with you more. But there's one more question that we always ask every guest that comes on the show. The podcast is called Radical Radiance with a heart to help women see what it looks like to radiate the heart of Christ and all that they do, which comes from this verse in Psalm 34. It's verse five, and it says, those who look to him are radiant. And their Beautiful, faces yeah. shall never be ashamed. And so the question I love asking is what about Jesus, at least today, makes you radiant? Boy, that that's a great question. I love the heartbeat of your show. And uh, I know it's encouraging all your listeners every time you put one out. And I hope this one's the same. Um, gosh, you know, I guess I would just point to the the thing that's happened most recently where like I was moved to tears mm. um, was a, a couple of weeks ago. My daughter came to me and she's 16 and she said, dad, you know, my youth group's having a baptism and I think I want to get baptized. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, that's yeah. just like, and she said, I want you to do it, you know? Oh, wow. And, uh, and so we went to, this youth pastor's home and there's about a hundred kids in this backyard on a cool fall evening. And, um, I got to baptize my daughter Lulu and wow. You know, I just, um, like she's in this like hot tub thing and and I kneel over her and, and I just start bawling like, just like, a I mean, just no chance of me like, controlling my emotions and she's crying and I'm crying and I just I I think what I said like the thing I remembered saying was like your earthly father is so proud of you but Mm. your heavenly father is so much more proud of you than you'll ever know and uh and I just remember like it, it just I'll never forget that moment of you know seeing my daughter make a public profession of her personal relationship with Jesus. That's the moment my parents prayed for for me. It's the moment I've prayed for for my daughters. And 
I mean, when I think of the word radiance and, and looking to God and being radiant, like I saw radiance in her eyes mm. and I know she had to see it in mine because in that moment uh, we were in the presence of God and I know that he was pleased um, with my daughter's profession of her faith. So uh, wow. those are the moments, man. <laughs> like I just, uh, I'm so thankful. God is so good. And here I am, you know, I've always been haunted in a good way by this thought that I don't want to be going all around the world singing my songs and writing my books and telling your listeners that he's the God who stays and getting that message out to everybody. But then the ones in my own home don't get that yeah. message. Right. And so my prayer is for the ones in my family. And uh, and so when you see that light bulb go on mm. in the head and the heart of your own kid, um, I mean, there's a radiance there that is uh pretty, pretty special. That's incredible. And to think as much as you delighted in that as her father, that that is like a drop in the bucket at how much God delights in her. That's the truth. That's you the know, truth. Yeah. that's yeah. the best. Oh, I love that story. That's so cool. Well, I am so excited about the God who stays. I would love Thank for you. you to share with listeners. How can they connect with you? They can grab yeah. the book anywhere, but yeah. Yeah. where yeah, can the they God find you? TheGodWhoStays.com is a really cool resource website where I awesome. um, I created a video tour guide chapter by chapter. So you can get the book wherever. Amazon is where most people get it. I, I recommend the audio book personally just because I had a lot of fun reading it. And, yeah. You know, I did some singing on it and things like that. Oh, that's um, awesome. But uh, when you get the book, you can then go to TheGodWhoStays.com and you can get access to... Um, a chapter by chapter video tour guide, a Bible study, some really cool resources there. So, um, mm -hmm. and then MatthewWest.com is the place to stay in touch with me for tour dates. Uh, obviously, awesome. you can find me on Instagram and all those things as well. Um, but uh, MatthewWest.com for tour dates and merchandise and all those things. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I am so excited about it. I can't wait for our listeners to get their hands on it. And I just want to say, Again, a huge thank you to you for coming on the show today. I'm so grateful. Oh, I'm honored. Thank you, Rebecca. Keep up the good work. And uh, thanks for letting me share about this book. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. And I hope you'll go grab a copy of The God Who Stays wherever books are sold. I cannot wait to be with you next episode, same time, same place. And I will see you then. <laughs>